Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Daniel Willett. Amen. Thank you, Ken. Thank you for sharing that. Wow, how awesome. That goes right along with my message, too. And you reminded me, and uh, Joy reminded me this morning, that today, 24 years ago today, I asked Joy to be my girlfriend. (laughs) March 10th, 24 years ago. Good decision. Smart move. Thank you. And she said yes, to my surprise. And kind of, kind of said yes. And uh, so, yeah, God is, is good. So good to be here this morning. It's going to be an awesome day. I'm just excited for, for what God has. Um, he just, uh, just reassured me throughout this week that this is just going to be just an awesome Sunday. So I'm excited. I just want to make a declaration over you this morning. I feel like the Holy Spirit is breaking people out of spiritual ruts today. I feel like sometimes... You may feel like it's been harder to pray or harder to read the word and God's breaking that off of you today or even hard to come to church or hard to worship and God's breaking that off of you today. He's breaking off off people that are in spiritual ruts. He's breaking you out of that. So today, um, get ready. Get ready for God to shift some things in your heart and in your mind. So let's just pray. Father, I just thank you. Thank you that you're here this morning. We thank you that we can just rejoice and celebrate you, God, that you are the healer. God, that you are the father. Jesus, that you are our king, that you are our savior, that you are just powerfully coming today and just speaking to our hearts. And God, we just declare something that we have the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians 2.16. We just declare that you are just renewing our minds today, casting down vain imaginations, casting down every thought that has warred against what you say about us. And we just receive truth this morning. And God, I just pray for your anointing upon everything that's done. God, my message without your anointing is just not worth a whole lot. So God, I just thank you for the anointing. And I just pray that you are just um, blessing every person here today and shifting us in Jesus' name. Amen. So get ready. Get ready for your heart and your mind to be shifted this morning. So I want to talk to you today about partnership. I want to talk to you about partnership. That name, God is just, he's been so good to me when it comes to preparing messages because it's, I I wish it was, but my whole week doesn't consist of just preparing messages. I have like four kids and I have a life and we have lots of other responsibilities that we do. And so he's just super graceful with me when it comes to messages. It's like he just drops them on my lap just so often and it's, it's usually just so easy. And I, I really enjoy it. The enemy tries to convince me that sometimes that I don't, but I know I really do. I actually enjoy just receiving from the Lord and studying and all that. So that word partnership, was just heavy on my heart. And so I just start having a conversation with the Lord about partnership. So one of the common questions uh, we have as people is, why are we here? Why are we here? And especially people that don't know Jesus. It's like, what's the meaning of life? Like, why are we here? What's the point of all this? Well, the point of, of why we're here is God is building a family. God is building a family. And one of the reasons that we're here is to learn how to become a family. So we're here on earth, and one of, one of our assignments is to learn how to become a family and to learn how to partner together. So we're here to learn how to partner with God and how to partner with each other to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. So it's a joy and it's a privilege that we get to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth, and it's fun. 
And it's fun, but we work with God to do it, and we work with each other to do it. And it's something we get to do, and it's a joy of our life to be able to do that. And there's no greater joy that you'll ever find than just learning how to partner with, with God and learning how to partner with each other and see that kingdom of heaven come through you. And that's why you're here. So Genesis 2.18, we're talking about partnership this morning. says, then the Lord God said... He had just created Adam. Adam's all by himself. The Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. So we see partnership all the way back from the very beginning of time. He's like, it's not good for man to be alone. I'm going to make him a helper suitable to him. So I always get this funny picture in my head of Adam just running through the garden naked. He's got a pair of scissors in each hand. And God's like, oh, that's not good. That's not good. He needs a helper. He needs a partner. <laughs> this is not good. I need, he needs a partner. He needs partnership. So, but this is what's interesting uh, about that scripture. Sometimes healthy partnerships look much different than what we think they should look like. So in that verse where it says, that word suitable, it says, God says, I'm going to make him a helper suitable to him. So that word suitable, if you look at the, the definition of it, one of the main definitions of that word is opposite. In fact, there's one translation that says, I'm going to make him a helper contrary to him. Opposite. So sometimes healthy partnerships look different than what we think. In healthy partnerships, we don't need yes men. We don't need yes women. In healthy partnerships, we need people around us with different perspective. We need people around us that are strong where we are weak. Amen? This is what good, healthy partnerships look like. It's not someone that thinks like me and agrees with me on everything I say. I don't need that. I need people around me that see things differently. Now, of course, I'm talking about godly perspective. Amen? I'm not, I don't need ungodly perspective in my life. I need people around me with godly perspective where Jesus is the center of their life, but they see things from a different angle, from a different light. Amen? Psalm 1.1 says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Okay, so we're not talking about ungodly, unequally yoked counsel. We're talking about partnering with godly people who just see things differently. So we need to embrace different perspectives and different points of view. It's actually healthy. God said, I'm going to make you a helper, but they're going to be, she's going to be contrary to you. She's going to be, she's going to be the opposite. And sometimes... Got to be careful how I say this. <laughs> Sometimes in marriage, it seems like you have an, an opinion or a thought or an idea and your spouse is like, wow, if I'm over here, and this is center, she's like over here. I'm like, wow, that's so opposite of what I'm thinking. <laughs> and so we've, I've learned in marriage, and I'm still working on it, but I've learned in marriage to be like, okay, she's not crazy. I know she's not crazy. So... Is this start with there? That's my baseline. And, uh, and I st I've learned to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, where's the wisdom in this opposite perspective? Where's the wisdom? And I want to try to come her way. And I'm growing in that. And uh, I know there's times in our marriage, we've been married for over 20 years, there's times in our marriage where we're like, you are insane. And she's like, no, you are insane. You're crazy. I don't understand what you're talking about. How could you possibly think that way? 
So we need to embrace different perspectives and different points of view, and it's actually healthy. It's actually the way God has set it up. I'm going to make you a helper contrary to you, different than you, opposite of you. We're, my wife and I are both in a part of the Bethel Leadership Network, and, and so we get like uh, to be mentored and trained by pastors at Bethel. And one of the things that we've heard since we've been in the, the Bethel Leadership Network is, is they talk about how they do meetings. And sometimes Bill will say, Here, here's an idea that we have. Tell me why this idea will work. And so they go around the room and they're like, okay, this is what the strengths of this idea is and this is why it'll work. And then he's like, okay, are there any reasons why it won't work? I need to hear those perspectives. And then they go around the room and they talk about why it may not work. And it's not to be negative. It's just that we want to see this from every light. And if there's issues, we want to look at those. This is, this is healthy leadership. Amen? So partnership, it's God's idea and I want to give you a definition for godly partnership. So this is godly par- partnership, what it looks like. Godly partnership is two or more people coming together to use their gifts and talents for a common goal or purpose. Two or more people coming together to use their gifts and talents for a common goal or purpose. So we see some amazing partnerships in the Bible. Of course, the first partnership is Adam and Eve. God's like... Okay, that's not good. It's not good for him to be alone. I'm going to make him a partner. Then we see Moses and Aaron was a great partnership. And Moses was the one who sat face to face with God and he would hear from the Lord. And Aaron was the voice. It was a great partnership. And we have Elijah and Elisha. And this is an example of a great partnership, but it's also a great example of mentorship and what that looks like. Because Elijah, if you remember, he's the guy that called down fire from heaven. And so it's like, he's, he's done some amazing things for the Lord, right? And, and Elisha has the boldness to say, I want a double portion of what you got. I don't just want the same anointing. I want the same anointing and double. And Eli, Elijah was like, wow, yeah, well, okay, well, let's go, let's go for it. And, he, you know, he gets a double portion. And it's a great example of, like, what mentorship looks like. And we want, those of us that have children, we want them to go farther than us, Amen. We want to establish a foundation, and it's a big part of the heart of this church, is we want to build a strong foundation. We've never had a goal to grow really quickly. In fact, we've literally prayed, God, don't grow us until we're ready. (laughs) We've prayed that. Don't grow us until we're ready. And he has answered that prayer because we're not interested in building something that that goes grows up fast and then just withers away and just dies out. We're like, God, build a strong foundation so that we can stand on this for a 1,000 years. We're on a 1,000-year plan. So we're building something for our children and for our children's children and for generations to come. I love Joel Osteen. He's one of the great encouragers in the body of Christ. And he knows, and he's talked about it a lot, that he's where he is because of what his father did. His father laid an amazing foundation for him. And his father was a radically different preacher. Very, very different. But his father built this amazing foundation that he knows he's standing on today. He's like, we, Lakewood would not be where we're at without what my father did. For, for years and years and years, he built the foundation. And so that's what partnership looks like. Partnership is not just what we're doing right now, but it's like what we're doing for the future. It's like we're partnering with our children. We're building a foundation that they can stand on. So the other partnerships we see that I really love in the Bible are Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I think these guys were just like pumping each other up I would just with boldness. I, I really do. It's like you, some of the most bold, like 
how bold can we be for the Lord and, and fearless for the Lord? Daniel's the guy that's like, no, I'm not going to stop praying. You can throw me in the lion's den. No problem. Let's go to the lion's den because I'm not going to stop praying. And then Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego are the ones that said, no, nope, king, we're not going to bow down to you. And they're like, we're going to burn you alive. I'm like, okay, well, God's going to save us from that. But even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow. So these guys, I bet you they were just coming back and just sharing their testimonies like, wow, just so bold for the Lord. Awesome partnership. So if you want to be, if you have a goal of, of what you're heading for in your life, you need to surround yourself with people that are going where you want to go. Amen. There's a good quote that says like, your, if you show me your five closest friends, I'll show you your future. Show me your five closest friends and I'll show you your future because you're going to be like the people that you surround yourself with. Who you surround yourself with is important. Partnerships and who we partner with is so important. Another great example of partnership in the Bible is Jesus and his disciples. Awesome, awesome example of, of partnership and what that looks like. And I'm so excited for our revival groups that were starting up. And, and this church, really the foundation of this church was our first Bible study that we did. We really started just to see and, uh, miracles and signs and wonders and healings and prophetic words. And the people that started in that, bi in that Bible study are like the core of our church now. And it, we just really grew together in the Lord. So I'm excited to be able to partner together in these Bible studies so two of the most important partnerships in our life are, number one, our partnership with God, and number two, our partnership with each other. So let's talk about, number one, partnering with God. So I think we have a scripture, Exodus 33, 11. Let's put that up on the screen. This is an awesome scripture. God wants to partner with us. Thus, the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. That's the kind of partnership, that's the kind of friendship we can have with the Lord. You're not just a servant of God. You are his friend. You're his friend. It's easy to serve a friend. It's hard to serve a slave master. It's painful to serve a slave master. And some of us, even mentally, we felt like we were God's slave. And that's painful. It's not joyful. It's not fun. But it's fun to serve a friend. We want to serve our friends. We, we're going to just enjoy getting to celebrate Leslie today. It's fun to serve a friend. It's people that we love, family. Amen? And it's hard to serve a slave master so we get to serve out of a place of friendship. He wants to have a friendship relationship with you. Amen? He has no interest in making you his slave. He could. He could make us all slaves. But he values free will far too much. He doesn't want you to be a slave. He wants you to be his friend. He wants you to partner with him. Amen? Exodus chapter 8 Verses 12 and 13. This is so good. It says, Then Moses and Aaron went out from Pharaoh, and Moses cried to the Lord concerning the frogs which he had inflicted upon Pharaoh. Listen to verse 13. The Lord did according to the word of Moses. 
and the frogs died out in the houses and the courts and the field. The Lord did according to the word of Moses. I believe that there are people in this house that it will be said of you in heaven. The Lord did according to the word of Ken Bach. Then the Lord did according to the word of Neil. Then the Lord did according to the word of joy. If that challenges you, good. God wants to partner with you. We have to come out of this mindset of like, oh, no, no, God's, he's here and I'm, I'm way lowly down here. And he's like, no, I'm actually sharing everything with you. You're co-heirs with Christ. I want you to partner with me. It's in the Bible. The Lord did according to the word of Moses. Amen. He wants to partner with you to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. He's looking for people that are going to stand on the foundation of his word and declare radical things. And he's like, yep, I want to partner with that word right there. He's looking for radical declarations to partner with. Alicia was telling us about some, uh, some challenges she was having in her classroom. And, and we just started declaring things over like her most challenging kids. We're like, wow, that kid's a revivalist in the making. We're just declaring over him. He is a revivalist in the making. God is coming and just touching his heart and is going to raise him up. And I believe when we stand on words like that, God's student, I'm going to partner with that word. And I can just tell you, I was a challenging student. I was a challenging kid. And I was a kid that I, I probably, thankfully, I don't know if I ever heard this, but I could imagine a lot of my teachers were like, wow, if I could I was in Christian school for a lot of it. And I imagine some of my teachers were like, wow, if, if I were to pick one kid that's going to be a pastor, it'd be like he'd be on the end of the list. <laughs> like, no, Lord, please not him. Oh, Jesus, help us. And so, but God had other plans, amen. Sometimes strong-willed, when we see a kid that's strong-willed, that's actually a really strong trait, we just need to know how to channel it. That strong will turns into like, no, I will not bow down. No, I will not stand. I will not bow down to fear. No, I will not believe the lie of the enemy. No, I will not back down. Amen. I would say Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had some strong wills. They weren't weak willed. They're like, nope, I'm going to keep praying. Go ahead and throw me in the lion's den. So we can't be afraid of a strong willed child. We just need to direct it in the right way. Okay, where are we? We're doing something good. So there are teachings and doctrines out there that'll make it seem like we're God's slaves. But God's not looking to make you a slave. He wants you to be his partner. He wants you to partner with him. God is a good father, and he's not looking for slaves. He's looking for partners. He's looking for partnership. We partner with God to do his will, which is to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. And it's fun. It's really fun to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. And we can do it in just simple ways. And actually, everybody here does it differently. And I want to see how you do it and be like, wow, that's awesome. God doesn't work through me like that, but that's awesome the way he works through you. And I want to celebrate what he's doing in you. God's looking for people who are crazy enough to believe him. And who step out in boldness. 
It's funny, a lot of the things that we do that might be, people will be like, well, that's weird. It's just like, well, we're actually just stepping out and believing in what God says. <laughs> and, and, and like, you know, if you come in with a religious spirit, you'll be like, that's too much for me. That's sorry. I'm like, well, we just, Jesus said we're going to do the things that he did and greater things than he did. We're just actually trying to stand on that word and believe it. Amen. We partner with God to see his kingdom of heaven come to earth. And we partner with God to see all people come to salvation because that's his will. First Peter 3.9, he says, My will is that none should perish, but that all should come to salvation. That's God's will. His will is that all should come. So we're going to partner with his will. We partnered with his will with Alicia's students. We're like, God, we don't know who knows you and who doesn't, but we're just partnering with your will that all of them will come to know you. Amen. That's something God can get behind and be like, yeah, I want to do according to that word. Another way we can partner with God is to partner with the truth. This could be a whole message in itself. And I'm fired up about this one. I'm excited to talk to you about this. We partner with God by partnering with the truth. We need to partner with the truth, which is Jesus Christ himself. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the truth, and we need to partner with God's truth. It's so important to partner with what God says, not with our experience. Not with our experience, but what God says. Not with what the experts say but what God says. Ken had it, he just shared a great story. The expert says, no, no, you need to do this. It's like, no, I need to, I'm partnering with what God said. I'm actually standing on a higher revelation and a higher truth than what the experts say. So we need to partner with the truth. We partner with the truth by confessing what God says is true. Again, sometimes we just confess what God says is true, and people are like, that's weird. That's a little too much. You've got to be realistic. You've got to get your head out of the clouds. Like, no, we need to just partner with what God says. How many know that we like declarations around here? We like declarations. And there's been some hesitancy for some people regarding declarations, and I, I, I get it because it has been abused sometimes. But we don't look at where things have been abused and be like, well, that's been abused, so let's just stay away from it altogether. Because we're not going to respond to error, but we're going to respond to what God tells us to do. Amen? So let me give you a good working definition of, of declarations. I think this helps to even just know what are declarations. Declarations are this. This is the definition. Declaring and agreeing with what God says. That's it. I'm going to declare and I'm going to agree with what God says because my agreement is powerful. My words are powerful. What I choose to agree with is powerful. Amen? That's what declarations are. I'm just going to declare and agree with what God says. The biblical basis for declarations, well, one of them is Proverbs 18.21. says, life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. You are going to eat the fruit of your words, positive or negative. 
you will absolutely eat the fruit of your words. And I don't want to put negative words about other people, about myself, out into the atmosphere that I'm going to have to reap and harvest those negative words. I'm going to have to eat the fruit of my words. I want to put words into the atmosphere that are God's words about me. God's words about you, and I want to see the harvest of those things actually come to fruition in my life. Whatever we're declaring, whatever we're speaking out of our mouth, whatever we believe, we are going to gravitate towards that, positive or negative. We're going to gravitate towards that. In James chapter 3, James talks, about, James talks about the tongue being the rudder of a ship. Your tongue is the rudder of your ship, positive or negative. So where are you aiming that rudder? Where are you pointing that rudder? Where are you heading? Where's the Lord, Lord showed you that this is where I'm heading? Wherever he showed you, that's where you're heading. Point your rudder in that direction. Start agreeing with what he says. Amen. I heard this testimony the other day of Wendy Backlund. And she said, the Lord, she kept getting prophetic words saying that she was going to write books. And she's like, okay, I'm going to, that doesn't seem right, but, but I'm going to start confessing it. So she starts saying, um, I believe it was, okay, Lord, I'm going to write books. She started confessing that. And like years went by and nothing, she's like, Okay, these books are not happening. And I'm, I'm confessing it. She's like, Lord, what am I doing wrong? And the Lord spoke to her one day and, and said, stop confessing I'm going to write books and start confessing I am an author. Because one's an action and one is who you are. And, and the Lord spoke to her and said, you know, if you never write a book in heaven, you'll still be known as an author. Because that's who you are. Start confessing and agreeing with who or with what God and who God says you are. Amen? Your tongue is the rudder of your ship. Where are you pointing your rudder? If you're going through a lot of discouragement or depression, you might need to take inventory of what you have been speaking and believing. Discouragement and depression is going to get broken completely in your life. I just declare that right now. Amen? God is breaking the back of discouragement off your life. He's breaking the back of depression. But if you're going through that, you might need to take inventory of what beliefs you've partnered with. You might need to take inventory of what you've been declaring over your life. Because whatever you declare, whatever you say, you're going to gravitate towards it. Let me give you some examples. I'll never get ahead in life. It's always something. What's the truth? Proverbs 4.18, this is a good one. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full day. Okay, so that's God's word over your life. So when you're confessing, I'm never going to get ahead. It's always something. It's always something's coming against me. You're actually confessing something that's contrary to God's word. His word says you're going to get brighter and you're going to get brighter and brighter until the full day. So here's the declaration you can make out of this that's just partnering with what God says. I am the righteousness of God, and I'm getting brighter every day. And when I declare that, I'm going to start gravitating towards that. Amen? I am the righteousness of God, and I'm getting brighter every day. Where are you pointing your rudder? Are you pointing it to things never work out for me? 
Are you pointing to, regardless of my experience, I'm getting brighter and brighter every day. Here's another one I've heard. And don't, no condemnation if we've you said these. I've probably said some of them in the past. I am always under attack by the devil. Isaiah 54, what does God's word say? Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you will prosper. What's the declaration? No weapon formed against me will prosper. And God's turning every negative for my good. I'm going to point my rudder that way. Amen? What you say is important. It's so important. I heard a story a while back about a guy who he confessed. Actually, it came to my mind last night. But a guy he confessed uh, when he was a teenager and when he was in his 20s, he just said, I'm never, I'll never live past my 40th birthday. Just crash and burn for me, life of a rocker, you know. I'll never live past my 40th birthday. Well, he grew up and he realized, you know, when he was older, he's like, well, that's stupid. I'm going to stop saying that. But he had confessed that for years over his life. On his 40th birthday, he fell down and he was, got up, was brushing his teeth and he f- collapsed in his bathroom and he was having a heart attack. And he knew instantly, he knew it was an attack from the enemy. He n- remembered what he'd been confessing over his life. And his wife runs in and they're both at that time strong believers. And he says to her, he goes, rebuke the spirit of death off of me. And she comes and she rebukes the spirit of death and he lives. Man, your words are powerful. He'd confess, I'll never live past my 40th birthday. Your words are so powerful. Here's another one. People are always against me, so I'll never get that promotion. People are always against me. What's the word say? Psalm 512. I found this one this week. This one's so good. It says, surely, Lord... Everybody say, surely, Lord. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. Here's a declaration. I'm surrounded with favor. I'm surrounded with favor. If that's where I point my rudder, guess what? I'm going to be surrounded with favor. I've shared the story of like years ago, uh, a pastor confessed over us. He was our pastor at the time and he was just praying for us. This was like when we were brand new, like brand new in the church and he's praying for us and he goes, Lord, even give him parking spot favor. And I remember telling my dad that and oh man, I'm outing my dad. This is not live streaming. I love you, dad. This was a long time ago too. Thank you, Jesus. He laughed and he goes, God doesn't care about that. God doesn't care about parking spot. I kid you not, it was like six months, seven months. Everywhere we went, we had front row parking. (laughs) Everywhere. It was like, we just laugh. We would just be like, this is so hilarious. We would, I mean, a couple times, I remember we'd pull in and we'd be like, oh, maybe the streak's broken, you know, and then someone pulls best spot in the place. So they pull out, like right as we're pulling up, we're like, wow. And so I've been, I haven't even told you this, but I've been confessing that over myself again recently. So we pull into Walmart, (laughs) pull into Walmart and I'm like, parking spot favor, Lord. And I'm not even joking with you at all. I'm like, oh, there's my spot right up front. It'd be like the second or third or the first best spot in the whole place. What you confess is powerful. What you declare is powerful. How was the earth formed? I love Genesis chapter 1. It says the Holy Spirit was hovering over the deep. He's like, oh, I'm getting ready to do something. He's hovering. And he's waiting. 
And God says, let there be light. He's like, whoa, light. God created the world by declaring it. He didn't have to, but he, showed, he was showing us something. We're powerful in what we declare over our life. And the Holy Spirit, I just confess that over you this morning, is hovering over your life. He's like, what are you going to declare? What are you going to confess? Where are you going to point the rudder? Where can I partner with you? Amen. Here's another one. Health issues run in my family. Yeah. Yeah, we can laugh at that. Ha, 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 ha. What's the truth? Isaiah 53, 5. By the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. Already done. Already done. What's the declaration? I'm healthy and I'm healed in Jesus' name. Now, I went through a situation, a health issue about six years ago, and I, I relate to you, Ken. I had six months of tests. And they were like, we don't know what it is. I had every test you can imagine. Na you name it, I had it. We don't know what it is. Might be this, might be that. Man, be careful. I just, let me, let me say this. I want to say this in a wise way. I love doctors, and we appreciate doctors. And if you get in a car accident, we're in the best country in the world to get surgery for those type of things. But you need to be careful what doctors confess over you of just grabbing onto it. Like, Ken, you had a, just an amazing example today. You need to be careful what doctors confess over you because the enemy's like, grab onto that. You're never going to get well. Grab onto that. The enemy, God wants us to grab onto his truth. The enemy wants us to grab onto a lie. Be careful what's confessed over you. There's been things confessed over us by doctors and we're immediately like, nope, that's not true. That may, that may even be the fact, but it's not God's truth. Amen? And I'm not going to ignore. We're going to use wisdom. I'm not going to ignore what a doctor says, but I'm going to take what he says, and then I'm going to believe a higher truth. So what God says. Amen? So I went through six months of tests and all this stuff, and every day probably negative thoughts would come. Oh, my gosh, this is the end. All this stuff. You're going to blah, blah, blah. And I would have to change the channel. And I'd have to confess something different other than what the enemy was trying to get me to believe. I would confess hundreds of times a day, I am healed and I'm healthy in Jesus' name. Hundreds of times a day sometimes, I'm healed and I'm healthy in Jesus' name. What was I doing? Just partnering with what God says. By the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. Okay, God, I'm going to partner with that word. I'm healed and I'm healthy in Jesus' name. Six months later, by the way, I, like, especially for that time in my life, it was kind of a vulnerable time. If I would have just grabbed onto that negative words, who knows what could have happened and just believed what they were saying about me. I'm just glad that I didn't partner with those words. I think just the stress, some stress makes you sick just in, by itself. And so I think just the stress of those words, if I would have partnered with it, it could have caused me to become sick. But I, I chose to partner with something else. I chose to partner with, no, I'm healthy and I'm healed in Jesus' name because that's God's truth. Six months later, they're like, you're fine. Everything's fine. When we declare what God is saying, we partner with the truth. Like I said, this part could have been a whole message, partnering with the truth. Diane mentioned Levi's coming in two weeks, and I want to share a testimony uh, it's his testimony, and he's went, this testimony that I'm going to share with you is went all over the world through Steve Backlund, his mentor. 
I've been watching Steve Backlund, and I hear this testimony. He loves this testimony. He shares it all the time. So Levi, he, uh, he loves sharing the gospel. It's like his heart's passion. And he realized that when he would share the gospel with someone and they would say, I'm an atheist, that he had immediately become discouraged. And his experience told him that he was ineffective at ministering to atheists. So let's laugh at that. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and so he knew this was a lie. He's like, okay, my, I, my belief is that I'm ineffective in ministering to atheists. And he's like, I know that's not true. He's like, that's just what my experience has told me. So he's like, okay, God, I need a new confession. So he starts confessing over himself. God, God always shows up when I'm around an atheist. So he starts confessing this over and over. God always shows up when I'm around an atheist. He's like, I need to believe something different. Because my belief now that I'm ineffective, it's causing me to be ineffective. So I need to believe something different. God, you always show up when I'm around an atheist. So he's in England, and he walks up to a group of about 12 teenagers. And he, he says, uh, hi, I'm from America, and I have some great news for you. Jesus loves you, and he sent me here to tell you that he loves you. And the leader of the group, it was this girl, she goes, I'm an atheist. And he goes, Wow, that's so exciting. God always shows up when I'm around an atheist. <laughs> and he begins to tell them about Jesus. And he says, who wants to feel, feel God? And a few of them raise their hand. He's like, put your hands out. And so they put their hands out. And he says, he says just say this, Holy Spirit, come. Guess what Holy Spirit did? He came. Atheist girl, tears running down her cheek. Who wants to receive Jesus? All of them raise their hand. Leads them all to Jesus. They left that area, and like a couple months later, they got a call from uh, people, pastors in the area that, that were hosting them, and they said, that day in the park rocked that school. It rocked that whole school, what you did. Why? Why was that school changed? Because one person said, I need to say something different. I need to believe something different. I'm not going to believe my experience. I'm going to confess the truth. God, you always show up when I'm around atheists. And guess what God did? He partnered with that word. Yes, I'm going to partner with that word. It's going to be said of Levi in heaven that then Levi did according to the word of Levi. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We are not who our past experience says we are. We are who God says we are. Don't believe your past experience. <laughs> As David approached Goliath, he was declaring something. He didn't just run up to him in silence. He started declaring something. He said, I'm about to take off your head. And I'm going to feed you to the birds. One translation says, I'm going to feed you to the crows and the coyotes. I relate to that, being in Arizona. <laughs> Getting ready to feed you to the coyotes. He was declaring something. You could say he had unreasonable optimism. Everybody around him was like, this guy is nuts. He's about to die. And he's declaring, I'm going to take your head off. I'm going to feed you to the coyotes. And by the way, and your friends, I'm going to feed you and your friends to the coyotes. What giant are you facing? Start making declarations over that giant. Start making declarations over that giant. I think of Caleb in the Bible. 
And he comes back, all the other ten, the 10 spies came back and they're like, oh no, there's giants in the land. We'll never take the land. And one guy comes back with a radically different perspective. He goes, oh, these giants are gonna be our bread. This is even better than we thought. We're gonna get all this stuff and these giants are gonna be our bread. What was the difference? One guy believed God and the other guys believed the circumstance. They believed what they could see. One guy just trusted, no, God's already promised us he's going to have the land. So I'm just going to partner with that. Bill Johnson says, any area of your life where you have no hope is under the influence of a lie. Man, I've found that to be so true in my life. Like, man, I have this situation seems hopeless. Holy Spirit, what lie am I believing? And he will show you. Any area where you don't have hope is under the influence of a lie. That's the truth. So identifying lies that we have believed is really powerful because then we can begin to partner with God by believing and confessing the truth. Confess the truth over your life. Point your rudder in the way that you want to go, in the way that God has showed you he's taking you. Partner with truth by pointing your rudder in the direction that God has shown you. So we need to partner. God wants to partner with us. He wants to partner with us. He's waiting. Holy Spirit is waiting for us just to be bold enough to declare some crazy things. Guess what? Everybody in the Bible that did amazing things, they were confessing and believing radical things that people look at today and they're like, that's just too much. That's just a little weird. Like, no, you should just bow down. You're gonna get burnt alive. Don't, why are you doing this? It's not a big deal. Just bow down to the idol. God, will, he, he'll, he'll take care of it. Just bow down. It's going to be all right. This is, this is not smart. There's a, there's a burning furnace over there. The guys that made the fire, they're actually dying because it's so hot. The guys that are just making the fire. This is a bad idea. Just bow down. It's partnering with experience. It's partnering with what the world says, and it's denying the truth of God. So number one, we partner with God. We partner with the truth. He wants to partner with us. And number two, we partner together in our church. These are two of the, the most important partnerships you'll have. Of course, there's marriage. I could have talked about that, but I didn't feel like that was for today. But two of the most important, part, important partnerships in your life are partnering with God and partnering together in your church. We are all partnering in this church to see God do specific things in our lives. Specific things in our family, specific things for our community. We pray for our community. We pray for Phoenix. And we're starting to get more bold with the prayers. Yesterday, we were just declaring over Phoenix that God, Phoenix is going to be known as the next hub of revival like Toronto. Amen? It's just being bold enough to step out and declare something big instead of declaring little small things that we know God can hit. If you're declaring small things that you know you can do in your own strength, man, start stepping out and declaring things that you know you can't do in your own strength. Like, God, I'm going to declare something that I know that you have to show up or it ain't going to happen. <laughs> Wow. So we partner together in our church community to see God do things in our lives and our families. 
First Thessalonians 5.11 says, therefore encourage one another and build each other up. This is one of the reasons for a church community to encourage one another to build each other up. It's not to tear each other down. It's not to tear each other down. You know, we, um, man, gossip can be so destructive in a church. And it's something that me and uh, my wife have decided years ago we'll never be an heir to. Because it's so destructive and it's actually the opposite of what God wants to do. God wants us to encourage one another and build each other up. You're at Awaken Life Church. <laughs> You're at Awaken Life Church, and God wants to awaken you spiritually. He wants to awaken your life so that we can be effective, amen, so that we can walk in joy, so that we can walk in peace. He wants to awaken your life. I remember we had a prophetic word. We named the church uh, about three years ago, four years ago, and we really, um, we really took naming the church seriously. And so we didn't want to just throw out a name. We wanted it to be a name that God had given us. And so we prayed a lot about it, and it was, it was months. And we just didn't have a name until we decided what the Lord was showing us. So finally, I came home one day, and my wife was like, oh, man, I just, there's fire on the word awaken. Just like, I, I hear awaken. And I think we just were like, I was like, yes. It's like, that's, that's, that sounds right. And we just were talking about it, and I was like, awaken life. And then we were like, yes, that's it. And it was just like, we knew. It was like, that's it. That's the name of our church. So it was like, what, six months later, something like that. Right when we start going through like a hard season, it's like my wife found a prophetic word that we'd kind of forgotten about. And the prophetic word was someone spoke specifically over my wife. God is calling you to awaken his church. And then, and then she turned the page and a paper drops out. And it's another prophetic word that somebody else, completely separate person gave to me. And it says, God is calling you to awaken life in his church. So as a confirmation, like, yep, the Lord, Lord, you named our church. This is our calling. This is our purpose, to awaken life. So when we come into Awaken Life Church, this is kind of what we're, what we're partnering with. God, I'm partnering to that. You're going to awaken my life, awaken my spirit. Amen? Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. This is uh, from the Passion Translation. Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly, regularly for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever, whatever they had. Out of the generosity, out of generosity, they sold their assets, assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. Daily they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with praises to God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their numbers daily those who were coming to life. That's our prayer that this place will be the place where people come to life. Everybody that God's called to be here, like, God, bring the people that you want to be here, and let's see everybody be called to life. Amen? 
So that's what happens when we partner in community. We get the benefit of being in community and being in the benefit of being encouraged by one another and built up and be awakened to whatever the mandate over that house is. And our, our mandate over our house is to awaken the life of believers. So we get to partner with God and we get to partner with one another. We come together and we partner together to see God awaken our lives and the lives of those around us. So let's pray and then I'm gonna have my wife come up and close us out today. Father, we thank you for the honor that it is to partner with you. We thank you for the honor that it is to partner with the truth. And God, we just declare that we are going to unpartner with the lies that we believed. We're unpartnering with those things. We're unpartnering with those things that we may have been saying, like, well, my, all my family has this disease. And it's just probably a matter of time and... God, we unpartner with those things and we begin to partner with what you say. We thank you that it's a privilege and it's a joy and it's an honor to be a son and to partner with truth. And God, we thank you that it's a privilege and a joy and an honor to partner together in church community. We thank you that your word over us is to awaken us, to awaken the life of all believers and that we get to be a part of that in community. So I just declare there's just some things that you believe that God is just showing you right now. That's not true. That's contrary to what God says about you. Holy Spirit, just speak right now. God's just identifying lies that you believed. One of the most powerful things you can do is just identify a lie because then you can step into the truth. You can be like, oh, wow, that's actually a lie. That's not the truth. God, what do you say? And so whatever, I believe that God has showed several of you maybe a lie that you've been believing. And so here's, here's what you do when you identify a lie. You just say, Holy Spirit, what's the truth? And the Holy Spirit's gonna begin to show you the truth. Now you have a new confession. So Father, we thank you for the honor it is and the privilege it is to partner with truth. 